0: Now that the plane is far enough gone, there's an opportunity there for growth, for reflection, for change. But contrary to the Jesus that I've often seen in anger and in fury and in condemnation, this Jesus seems to be just genuinely sad. And there might be heat in his words but there's more light in it than heat just as he points out what is true that the pharisees might not be able to see themselves that people might not be able to see in the pharisees but or might not be able to name even if they see it and so it is with all of us to have blind spots in ourselves that we don't know that we're not aware of, if we're not making fearless moral inventory of ourselves, if we're not correcting ourselves whenever we fall into error. But there is grace there and mercy. There is judgment and the mercy and the faith. We get caught up sometimes in the Jesus world with the way, the truth, and the life, but I like that phrase, the judgment and the mercy and the faith. There is judgment, but there will be mercy, and there may be faith on the either side of both of them together. And that is good, and there is hope there. This third time, as we read, what do you imagine yourself doing or wanting to do because you've read and reflected on this passage? What might God be calling you to do or to be in these words? But alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you shut the kingdom of the heavens in men's faces, for you do not enter, nor do you allow those going in to enter. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you devour the homes of widows and acclaim at great length when praying, for which you shall receive condemnation in greater abundance. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you travel all about the sea and the dry land to make one proselyte, and when it is done, you make him twice as much a son of Hinnom's Vale as you yourselves. Alas for you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple sanctuary, it means nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple sanctuary, he is under obligation. Fools and blind men. For what is greater, the gold of the temple sanctuary or the sanctuary that makes the gold holy? And whoever swears by the altar, it means nothing. But whoever swears by the offering upon it, he is under obligation. Blind men. For what is greater, the offering or the altar that makes the offering holy? Hence the one who swears by the altar swears by it, and by all the things upon it. And the one who swears by the temple sanctuary swears by the sanctuary, and by him who dwells in it. And the one who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God, and by him who sits upon it. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you tithe a tenth of the mint and the dill and the cumin, and have neglected the weightier things of the law, the judgment and the mercy and the faith. Yet these things you ought to have done, while also not neglecting those others. Blind guides who strain out the gnat, but drink down the camel. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are filled up with plunder and dissoluteness. What is God calling you to do or to be in these words? What can you imagine yourself doing or being now that we've reflected and read on this passage. For me, that phrase, travel about the sea and the dry land to make one proselyte, and when it is done, you make him twice as much a son of veil as you yourselves. For me, it was about My ACA, adult children of alcoholics, need to control others, to make them into an image of myself that I might be safe to know that they will not, as in Enneagram 9, that they will not threaten my inner peace. And I'm often blind to it. I don't yet know all the ways that I enact my control over other people. I'm working so, so hard on it with my oldest son, trying more and more often, more frequently when he has some crazy idea just to say, oh, okay, cool, let's do it. Or that's not safe, but let's try this instead. And as long as it's safe to just let him go for it. Tonight, that meant he was thirsty and he didn't say anything. He just went into the kitchen and grabbed a large, deep ceramic bowl and filled it with water and came back and said, I couldn't find any cup, so I'm going to drink out of this with a straw. And part of me was like, that is crazy. And part of me wanted to be like, no, what are you doing? Get a cup. And part of me was like, oh, fine, I'll just do it. I'll get a cup. And I just waited for a few minutes at the dinner table and ate my own meal I focused on myself and then I talked to him about it and I said this is a good opportunity for both of us because you daddy thinks that this is crazy but you had a problem and you solved it yourself in a creative way and if you'd asked daddy I probably would have said no but you did it so why not there's no problem here and he kind of laughed and then blew bubbles in his bowl with his straw and made kind of some splashes and then drank some down. And I didn't need to control him. So, higher power, God, help me let go of my need to control others. To make them like myself. Let me just let them be. And if it makes me sad, let me be sad. And if it makes me angry, let me be angry. And if I need to protect myself with boundaries, help me to do that. But help me not to control others. Or want to control them. And just let them be. And just to let myself be as well. And that will be good. And that will be enough. enjoy be yours that you need not be controlled that you need not control and that you may in the end be only yourself Where even on the other side of judgment there is mercy and there is faith for you have the light of god within you and you are the light of the world always Welcome back to the Barefoot office. I went to pick up a power drill from someone, and so I'm sitting out on the shores of the lake on a park bench. With the sun setting, it'll get too dark for me eventually, but for now, this is just fine. And I'm so, so glad that you are here. We're on the path towards the airport, so there are also planes that roll over and hopefully I'll keep this close enough to my mouth that we can hear as we continue to read from the Gospel of Matthew. So we read three times with a different focus for our attention each time. First, just notice what word or phrase sticks out to you. And let that be the entry point into your attention and your reflection on this passage. But alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you shut the kingdom of the heavens in men's faces. For you do not enter, nor do you allow those going in to enter. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you devour the homes of widows and to claim at great length when praying, for which you shall receive condemnation in greater abundance. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you travel all about the sea and the dry land to make one proselyte, and when it is done, you make him twice as much a son of Hinnom's Vale as you yourselves. Alas, for you blind guides who say, whoever swears by the temple sanctuary, it means nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple sanctuary, he is under obligation. Fools and blind men, for what is greater, the gold of the temple sanctuary or the sanctuary that makes the gold holy? And whoever swears by the altar, it means nothing, but whoever swears by the offering upon it, he is under obligation. Blind men, for what is greater, the offering or the altar that makes the offering holy. Hence the one who swears by the altar swears by it and by all the things upon it. And the one who swears by the temple sanctuary swears by the sanctuary and by him who dwells in it. And the one who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you tie the tenth of the mint and the dill and the cumin and have neglected the weightier things of the law, the judgment and the mercy and the faith. Yet these things you ought to have done while also not neglecting those others. Blind guides who strain out the gnat but drink down the camel. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are filled up with plunder and dissoluteness. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that its outside may also be clean. What word or phrase sticks out to you? For me, it was great length when praying, and first clean the inside of the cup. The second time, as we read, What? Where? do you see God in this passage? What do you hold as holy? Where do you want to stop and reflect and think more about what it means to be human, what it means to believe in or trust in or have faith in God? What's the nature of spirituality? Where is there something more in these words? But alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you shut the kingdom of the heavens in men's faces, for you do not enter, nor do you allow those going in to enter. (coughs) Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you devour the homes of widows and declaim at great length when praying for which you shall receive condemnation in greater abundance. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you travel all about the sea and dry land to make one proselyte, and when it is done, you make him twice as much a son of Hinnom's Vale as you yourselves. Alas for you, blind guides, who say, whoever swears by the temple sanctuary, it means nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple sanctuary, he is under obligation fools and blind men for what is greater the gold of the temple sanctuary or the sanctuary that makes the gold holy and whoever swears by the altar it means nothing but whoever swears by the offering upon it he is under obligation blind men for what is greater the offering or the altar that makes the offering holy hence the one who swears by the altar swears by it and by all the things upon it And the one who swears by the temple sanctuary swears by the sanctuary and by him who dwells in it. And the one who swears by heaven swears by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you tithe a tent of the mint and the dill and the cumin and have neglected the weightier things of the law, the judgment and the mercy and the faith. Yet these things you ought to have done while also not neglecting those others. Blind guides who strain out the gnat, but drink down the camel. Alas for you, scribes and Pharisees, charlatans, because you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are filled up with plunder and dissoluteness. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup so that its outside may also be clean. Where do you see God in these words? For me, it was actually strangely that phrase, alas for you. I don't know if there's more to this alas than when Richard Harris says, ah, oh, alas, you wax, at the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, but while Jesus is saying alas to these Pharisees, to these charlatans and saying you shall receive judgment. He's sad for them. He's not angry. He's not judging them in the sense of harshly condemning them. Just judging them in the sense of what you do is sad. And it's okay to be sad and it's okay to feel Feel sad and be upset. And it's okay to make, well, it's not okay, but sometimes you make Jesus sad by what you do. And there's an opportunity there for reflection, for growth, for change.